sports. They say numbers never lie, but odds are they do. Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer, and host Andrew Botlinick are about to go against the grain this week as we make our day-to-day picks. All views and opinions expressed in today's show do not reflect KZLX or Northwest Missouri State University. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Everybody get Welcome back to Day-to-Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer here with you on KZLX LP Maryville. The first show of 2020 for us and the first show, I believe, for the station, if we're not mistaken. Uh, We were talking just a few minutes ago about how we've got plenty to talk about today. And we're going to get started pretty soon into here with our top five moments from the decade. It's now 2020. We're here for a new semester of shows, Brady, for a couple more weeks, I think, right? Yep. And Sam and I will be here for the rest of the semester. But before we get into any of that, we got plenty to talk about. College football has officially wrapped up the actual season, postseason play and all of that. And NFL, we've got Championship Sunday this Sunday. Figure out who's going to go into the Super Bowl. Plenty of new coaching hiring. College basketball is still iffy. We don't know what's going on there. We'll get more into that later. And we'll figure out our what are the odds segments. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about this week. But first, we'll kind of start. We did this at the end of the last semester. We start the shows off with some lists, some of the stuff that's going on in in sports. We'll go with our top five moments from the decade. So anything that happened from 2010 until the last week of 2019, uh, and we'll go ahead and we'll start with number five. They don't have to be in any specific order, just five moments that stick out for you, whether it be in, in any order that you want, just the first five that you can think of. Sam, we'll go ahead and we'll start with you. I actually kind of did this in like the ones that I thought should rank. So I actually kind of ranked them. Okay. Uh, but for my number five, uh, Villanova winning the national title on a buzzer beater, uh, beating North Carolina. I felt like just the buzzer beater in itself to end the season. And it's like that was the first time a national championship had ended on a buzzer beater since 1983 NC State, that miraculous run. So Villanova capturing the title. And, you know, I actually had the that national title in my honorable mention, but um, it didn't quite make it in my top five. I had LeBron James block her around the world in game seven of the 2016 finals. Um, I just it really stuck out to me. And I mean, when I think of sports moments of this decade, that is like one of the top two or three that immediately comes to my mind. So yeah, I mean, ju- it was just a great moment because LeBron brought a title back to Cleveland and did it in interesting fashion. I'm sticking with a similar way that Brady did athlete wise, different kind of, of atmosphere. I'm going back to December sixth of two thousand and ten, so fairly early into the decade. The alley-oop heard around the world. Dwayne oh, Wade really? throws it up to LeBron James. Everybody knows the iconic alley-oop picture. It's it's a meme format for everything now. But I think for that one, just that it happened legitimately 10 years ago and people still act as if it was taken just a few years ago. Like I, when I looked at the date, I didn't realize that it was 10 years ago. I would have thought it was like five, six years ago just because I know LeBron's been out of Miami for a while. But if I would have just seen that picture and not known I still would have thought it was fairly recent, but for me, that that kind of stands out, not necessarily just because of the, the lasting impact it's had 
on on meme culture and, and everything else in sports. So what do we have at number four, Sam? Uh, my number four is the 16 over one UMBC over Virginia is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, college basketball upset in history. And not only if it was the 16 seed, but it was the last ranked 16. Virginia was the number one overall, and they got beaten down by 20. And so the uh, Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, I think, is the full name. So the UMBC. So they're my number four. At my number four, I actually have one that I don't know if you guys will have. I have uh, Tim Tebow's overtime touchdown pass to Demarius Thomas in 2012. I mean, it was an 80-yarder, and it was right around a time when, you know, we didn't know if Tim Tebow, he won the Heisman, and he was he was first-round pick, but we didn't really know if he was going to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. And, of course, we know what happened after that. He didn't really work out for him in the NFL. But at that time, it was – I mean, that was like a moment for him where he could have propelled himself into the – being a franchise quarterback Mm. I'm still I'm still debating between my number four and like some of the way I have my list set up but I'll go ahead and I'll just give my number my number four for now the Chicago Cubs finally getting a World Series breaking that curse November 2nd 2016 a hundred years waiting they finally get it going They, they had had some good teams prior but finally got over the hump in 2016 that's why I have them at my number four yeah the curse of the billy goat finally ended yeah exactly <laughs> uh for my number three uh i have one that happened i don't know, I think it was this year i think it was the 2019 masters tiger woods getting that green jacket coming back after so many back problems after he's had to drop out of so many tournaments just because his health was deteriorating and everyone loves tiger when tiger woods is on top of the golf world that's when golf is at its most popular and you know, I, I I definitely tuned in to watch Tiger sink that final putt to put on the green jacket, and you know that that image of him getting it is probably going to stay in my mind for a while. And for my number three, I originally had had what Sam said uh, about UMBC becoming the first sixteen to beat a one, but since you had already mentioned it, I'm going to jump down into my honorable mentions and go back to 2012 when we had Lynn Sanity for a few weeks. Insanity. I mean, for a few weeks, he was the best player in the NBA, the best player on the planet. And that it's just crazy that, I mean, yeah, it was a quick turn from being up there. And then now he's. He's in China right now. Yeah, he's in China right now. But um, just for him being a player from Harvard and of his descent and everything, and it's just not, it wasn't normal to, you know, for him to get that much hype. And I initially had at my number three spot the 3-1 comeback, but since Brady's already taken that one, I'll go ahead and I'll switch to something else. This isn't at my number three spot, but kind of the same thing you did. I'll go to my honorable mentions. The fail Mary, that the referee call that in, I believe, Seattle Packers, I don't remember when it was year-wise. I know it was yeah. the replacement yeah. refs, but I don't remember what year it was. It might not have even been the last decade. It might have been in 2009. I think it, I think it was like 2011. I, so I was going to say, I think it's 11 or 12, but – and it was on Monday Night Football for everyone to see. Yep. And replacement refs came in. Everybody saw what happened at the end of that game. Everybody started to kind of realize, oh, the refs might actually be onto something here. So glad they finally got that figured out. Although the NFC Championship last year, some questions. We've got some more questions when we get into more Super Bowl talk because the head referee is going to be refing the Super Bowl this year. So we'll talk more about that one. But, Sam, who do we have at number two? Well, at number two, I did have the Cavs over the Warriors 3-1. But uh, I'm going to – we go back to uh, 2013, take one out of my honorable mentions, the kick six. Uh, Alabama losing to Auburn on an absolutely insane play. 
And, um, you know, I, I won't forget where I was when that happened. I was on a bus back from the Missouri Class 3 state title game where Maryville took down Seneca. So, you know, I mean, that's just something in my mind was like, I'm never going to forget where I was when I heard about that happening. At my number two, uh, I'm going not too far back. I'm going back to January of 2018 in the playoffs, uh, the Minneapolis Miracle. And whenever I hear the words Minneapolis <coughs> Miracle, the immediate thing that comes to mind is Joe Buck's call. <laughs> Stefan Diggs, sideline, touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, that's it was just such a great moment for Minnesota. I mean, that, that was – I mean, really it was an upset because, I mean, Minnesota hadn't been in the playoffs for a few years and – um, it would have been neat if they uh, went on to win the NFC Championship and played the Super Bowl at home, but we know what happened after they lost to the Eagles. and then. But, yeah, Minneapolis Miracle, still a great moment for in Vikings history forever. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I'm going with what Sam said. I had that at my number one spot, the, the kick six, so I'm going to have to swap that whenever we go there. But on record, I'm saying that was my number one because that that's the greatest thing ever. Number two for me, though, I have not very far long ago, May 12, 2019, Kawhi Leonard with his game winner against the Sixers in Game 7, hit the rim four times. The world stood still for a couple of seconds. Finally, it went in. Everybody went crazy in the Eastern Conference Finals. They go on to win the national ch- – or the, not the national championship, the championship. But uh, just for me to have – I don't think if, if, they if they wouldn't have won it, I don't think that moment would have been as much. But since they went on to win it, and they got and they, they went all the way and they bring home the first trophy that they've ever had. It just is a little bit extra special for me. And so now I guess kind of our, our lists are kind of out of order now because everybody's yeah. kind of just pulling up some other stuff now too. I mean, but I mean, you still have your number one intact. Yeah. So go ahead and what do we got for you? Well, number one, my number one has already been said. My number one, since I'm a huge baseball fan, the Cubs ending their curse. That was my number one. But I, I'm going to mention one that was on my list. Uh, I had it at five, but right before the show started, I put in Villanova. Uh, 28-3, Patriots come back over the Falcons. That was my number five before the show started. Uh, I mean, that was just an amazing comeback and really showed how good Tom Brady is in the playoffs. And like, Also, I don't know how that happened with the Falcons, with your offense that good. That just showed, I guess the poor play calling and just how much poor play calling Bill Belichick can take a hold of and like take advantage of. And uh, my number one, I'm kind of going to do the same thing you did, Andrew, and mentioned that my number one was the kick six. Okay. Okay. I, I want to get that out there, <laughs> but I am going to jump down in my honorable mention since it's been mentioned a couple of times. And I'm going to look at the, the Odell Beckham Jr. Catch in 2014. That, that was one I have in my honorable mentions too. Yeah. And I mean, that was just an ins- absolutely insane catch and it was kind of it's where he took off I mean he from there on he was one of the that was his rookie year he was one of the best receivers in the league that year and then he's I mean he's still one of the most talented receivers in the league and can go off any week um, but that's kind of the catch that propelled him maybe the best catch in NFL history but yeah that's I'm so that's why I'm gonna mention as my number one but just know my number one was the kick <laughs> six I'm right there with you Brady on that one for me at the 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 honorary number one spot because i've already said my number one was the kick six too i have like a a kind of a tie just kind of throwing two of them in there not really at the number one spot but just taking the the spot of number one 
Um, the Royals winning the World Series after their drought. I love when small baseball teams go on far into the playoffs. We've The Rays, obviously, with Sam. We've talked about that before. I love when these small market teams compete, and the comeback that the, the Royals had in the majority of those series is, is great. Um, but it's also tied, and I think this one kind of is a little bit higher up on my list. Same kind of situation with the Patriots, but Malcolm Butler, that crucial interception, February 1st, 2015, uh, down 28-24, Seahawks, instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch, decide otherwise. I know in my honorable mentions, uh, Beast Quake was one in there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Marshawn Lynch was in there in the honorable mention spot, but didn't really think it, it had anything other than – because that season was terrible for the Seahawks. They yeah, were 7-9 yeah. and nine and in the playoffs. They shouldn't have gotten that far, but they beat the Saints. So yeah. that's about all it was. They didn't go very far. If they would have went further – I think they, w- they it probably made a, would have made a spot. I think another one, too, in my honorable mention was the Philly special yeah. a couple uh, of years ago. One in my You mentioned the Royals. One in my honorable mentions was the, the best baseball game I have ever been to, the 2014 AL wildcard game when I believe the Royals were down 7-1, to one mm-hmm. and they came back and won. That, I have never heard Kauffman Stadium or any stadium as loud as Kauffman Stadium was that night when Salvador Perez hit the ball down the line and Christian Colon scored. Like that was just an incredible moment for Royals fans and sports. And, and I actually had a couple more in my honorable mention, too, that didn't get mentioned. And the first one was the Loyola Chicago Final Four run just a couple years ago in 2018. That was just a crazy run. They were an 11 seed that year, and uh, it, it just it took a lot. And there, there were a lot of – Sister Jean. Yep, Sister Jean. They were a lot of fun to watch that for that march. And then my second one, which is the last one that wasn't mentioned, is – Tua Tagovailoa coming into the national championship at halftime and bringing Alabama back to win it in 2018. That was just a crazy moment because of what it led to. I mean, it led to Tua doing a lot more, for, and I'll mention this later, I'm sure, but uh, Tua did a lot for that university, and that's kind of what started it. And some other things, too, that, that are just kind of things that happened during the decade. Simone Biles absolutely destroyed at the Olympics. She's incredibly amazing. Uh, the women's soccer team. Gold medal, um, I believe. Two World Cups. Yeah, two World Cups. They pretty much did anything. Anything that they were in, they won. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Conor McGregor sleeps Jose Aldador in 14 seconds, knocks him out 14 seconds flat in, in a pay-per-view fight. Just some, just some of the crazy things that have happened in this decade. There's, we could sit There's, here, yeah, we, we could sit here, here forever the, and the just longest. kind of reminisce everything. Derek Jeter, his walk-off single in his last at bat. That was, yeah. that's something that that's that we never mentioned too. That is also crazy. Kobe's last game, Kobe, Derek Jeter's 60. home run, three thousandth hit was a home yeah. run. Everything. Alex Rodriguez, three three thousandth hit was a home run. To yeah. Command Center, this is Alpha Team. Do you copy? This is Alpha Team. I repeat, Command Center, do you copy? There's a lot of hot, 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 takes out here, but I don't see anything worth. Oh my God, there it is. It's all about. What are the odds? And welcome back to Day to Day Picks. Andrew Botwinick, Sam Steinmeier, Brady Archer here with you for about another 15 or so more minutes. It's time for What Are the Odds, where we talk about the odds of stuff happening, the odds of. In this case, we'll get into our first topic, the trend of players retiring early. Is it becoming more and more popular? We'll try and predict the next guy to potentially retire. We've had a list. I think, Sam, you and I were talking about this the other day. Now that Luke Keekley has officially retired from the NFL at age 29, he joins the likes of Patrick Willis, who retired at 29. 
Um, Gronkowski, who retired at 29, I believe. Uh, Calvin Johnson retired at 30. Um, Pat McAfee retiring at 30 as well. All Pro Bowlers. You and know. then You're still and then naming all Pro Bowlers. Cam Chancellor in there as well at, at age 30. There's a lot of guys that have retired early. Luke Keekley joins the name for that Andrew one. Luck's and in Andrew there Luck. Too. I, Andrew I, Luck. I, I, for some reason, I thought I said his name, but that's the other big one too. He retires at 29. There's a lot of players that have retired early. Is what we're getting at here. Um, is this becoming a trend that's happening more and more and more? A lot of the players are saying that the players that have retired early are saying because their bodies aren't just healthy as much anymore. No one has really retired because of anything else other than that. There really I hasn't see. been a, a guy that has retired just because of a team um, or. They just don't want to play anymore. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I think this is going to become a lot more popular. Is because, you know, with all the injury risks and um, you know head injury, like uh, what could happen later on in life, I think you're going to see a lot more players retire early just so you know they get in, get their money, you know, play well, make a couple Pro Bowls, and then leave, and you know have you know have a family life, you know, you know, spend some time with their kids and. Uh, their families and also improve their health and you know also make sure that they're set up for later on in life because there is a life beyond football um you know a lot of these guys love the game but they also realize that football isn't everything and i'm gonna go right there with you i think it is becoming more popular because it's more important to the players now to take care of their own bodies than it was you know in the 2000s and then early in the 2010s uh, so yeah, I think it's going to become more popular. Maybe not normal, but more popular than it, than it used to be. Yeah, because initially the trend was, I think up until a couple of years ago, it was just Calvin Johnson retiring at thirty. Um, Patrick that, Willis and that, yeah, Patrick Willis. I know when he did it, it was very crazy. And I think yeah. even prior to that, was it um barry sanders retired yeah Yeah, he only played i think he yeah he played until he was 29 or so and then he retired too so it's kind of becoming more and more popular the big thing for me and and how the way i look at it is players that that like luke keekley patrick willis they're linebackers every play they're hitting someone Mm -hmm. every single play they're in the trenches they're getting after guys that are 300 plus pounds i know luke keekley's not 300 plus pounds i know patrick willis is not 300 plus pounds that's going to take a toll on you. Cam yeah. Chancellor, the same similar way, the way he plays his play style. Very he's hard get after hitting. the ball. He's going to hit you. He's going to make you feel it. Eventually, that takes a toll on you. Calvin Johnson, one of the best wide receivers in the game whenever he played. He was getting double teamed. He was getting hit every single play. A lot of the players Gronkowski. that are... Gronkowski. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The same way with Gronkowski. A lot of these players that are retiring early are positional players that get hit yeah. a lot. Andrew Luck as well, quarterback. They get hit almost every single play. Whether it goes down in the record book as a tackle or not, doesn't matter. Yeah. He's taken a lot of shots, especially because early on in his career, he also scrambled a little bit. Yeah, he, he wasn't Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson, but he ran a little bit because yeah. he was a bigger built guy. Yeah. And also, he had to scramble around for his life a little bit because he didn't have a very good offensive line early on. And so towards the end of his reti- his career, the Colts were drafting to get him a better offensive line, but I guess the toll had already taken its you know toll. Um, so he retired. Uh, and I think with guys like that, maybe you could look out for it with you know guys like Deshaun Watson, who he has to scramble a lot and hopefully the same. Thankfully, he hasn't had the same type of injuries as Andrew Luck has had, but 
you got to look at quarterbacks like that who have to run for their life and think maybe they're going to fall down the line as Andrew Luck. And well, and at the same time, they're not lingering injuries. He did tear his ACL, his, yeah. his rookie, I almost said freshman year, his rookie year, he did tear his ACL. It hasn't been lingering, but the more the more times you have surgery on certain parts, those parts are more susceptible to getting hurt again. I'm not saying the guy's going to tear his ACL again, but yeah. there's always the possibility I mean, of it. J.J. Watt style, and look it's at, not often that J.J. Watts come around in the league where they have so many surgeries and they come back. And you, you mentioned 20 ACL. Look at Derrick Rose. He's had so many knee injuries. And exactly. He's always, you know, seems hurt. And so this trend, uh, I don't think it's going to be a trend, but definitely more players are going to do it. And it's going to stick around, I think, too. Um with that being said, the players retiring because they get hit every single play, it takes a toll on your body. And with more and more research that's getting put into this, into the NFL, CTE is becoming a huge thing. We've seen a lot of players that have retired that have passed away for different reasons. They've had their, they've donated their bodies to get tested, that kind of stuff. I think Junior Seau was one of them as well. Mm-hmm. He had very, very major CTE problems. Um, I know, obviously, the equipment's getting a lot better than how it was in the early 2000s, but still... That's at the back of your mind, especially players like Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, who are middle linebackers. They're the quarterback of the defense. I'm sure those guys have had concussions that they haven't been diagnosed oh, with. Definitely. I'm sure that multiple players in the NFL have been able to do with I mean, some of that stuff too. Rob Gronkowski has come out and said that he played with concussions a lot, and like he, like uh, you know, he's had a bunch of you know injuries. And he came out like when he was on Fox, uh, you know, he came out and really said all the injuries that he's had and that's why he retired and so i think you're going to see a lot more players who once they retire well they're going to come out and say like this is why i retired because of all the you know all these stuff and with luke keekley he's missed 10 games in his career and they were all due to concussions mm-hmm. and and you want you start to wonder like was it just those 10 games that he had concussions or was it you know those, a lot more those games 10 that he games played? That he was diagnosed yeah. with concussions exactly with, yeah Exactly. It, it kind of talks about it because I know I still think he's a Hall of Famer. Seven Pro Bowls out of the eight seasons he's he played. He was one of the best linebackers in the league ever since he got to Rookie the Rookie of the year his first year in. The next year he won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, as I said earlier, Pro Bowl seven out of the eight seasons. He's probably going to make the Hall of Fame first ballot. Maybe I not. would assume probably, but at the same time, that's where it starts to come in there because if he plays two, three more years, he's a first ballot because oh, yeah. he's got nine Pro Bowls or something. Because however many seasons he would have played extra, he would have been a Pro Bowl or two just because it's Luke Keekley. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where we'll start to play a little bit of predictor. Who is the next guy to kind of retire early? Maybe a guy that's in his 30s already. I know me personally, and I'm sure you guys are going to say similar things to this. I think Cam Newton. The guy has been hurt ever since he went to the Super Bowl. Shoulder injury, foot injury, whatever it is, he's been hurt. He hasn't had a season where he's played healthy. He's taken a toll on his body. I'm not saying that he's going to quit in the NFL, but at some point you're not the same player you used to be. Yeah, Cam Newton's definitely one uh, that I thought about. Uh, Two other guys that kind of have the same type of build. Now, they haven't really had injury scares yet in their career, thankfully, uh, but it's still early on in their career. I think George Kittle, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Uh, I know as Chiefs fans, you probably don't like to hear that, but I just think that because uh, they they play the same way that Gronk did. And Gronk, you know, he got hit in the legs a lot, and, you know, his legs took a toll and had some concussion issues. And they played kind of the same way that Gronk did, a big bruising tight end that can go up and catch the ball. And, 
Um, I just feel like the way they play, they could end up like that. I'm not saying they will, and I hope they don't. But I'm said I think you know just because uh, they're so close to Gronk, that could happen. Well, Kelsey's rookie year, he actually tore his ACL in training camp. He was out the entire entirety of his rookie year, had surgery on the ACL. I think since then he hasn't had any big knee injuries. Obviously he's had but, some tightness and some practices and stuff like that. But, yeah, I agree. The The bigger player name you are, the harder teams are going to hit you and the bigger toll it's going to yeah. take on your body. And, and one, one player I have in mind right now, he's, he's 31 right now, and he's already kind of came out and said that he might not come back next year, is Damon Snacks Harrison. I mean – he came out and said that he's contemplating retirement right now, and that'd be another Lions guy. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. so there'd be three Lions that had retired by at thirty or before. Yep. And I'm trying, I'm blanking on the guy's name um, for Jacksonville that retired or not retired. He took uh, a year away. Uh, Telvin Smith. Yeah, Telvin yeah. Smith. He took a year away from football just to get his mental health back. I'm. We'll see if he comes back, but at the same time, players are starting to become yeah. more and more conscious of, so of it's that not, kind of stuff it's not really the all the physical uh, you know health it's also you know the mental health uh, which is kind of what it was for andrew luck he, he was yeah. kind of mentally was mainly where he it, did yeah andrew luck didn't want to play football anymore because he just he wasn't playing football because he was hurt all the time and so i guess you know mental health does play a toll on these athletes they're human just like everyone else they go through problems and so maybe mental health is going to you know, be another reason these guys retire early. Exactly. And we'll segue. We already kind of went over the next topic I had, the next big hire or fire in the NFL. We've talked about coaches that are on the hot seat, so we'll go into topic number three, and this will probably be the last one we have time for. Is the Kansas City comeback from the divisional game against the Houston Texans the best comeback in a single game in all of sports? I know, obviously, uh, Warriors losing a 3-1 Short lead. answer, No. Long answer, it's not even the best comeback in Kansas City sports history. It's, uh, I think it's third, honestly, maybe. Number one, AL wildcard game 2014. Number two, 2015, the comeback against the Astros. Uh, that, but what the Chiefs did was incredible. 41 unanswered points, down 24, you win by 20. It's incredible. It's one of, probably one of the best comebacks in NFL playoff history. Uh, probably it's, it's close to up there. Uh, but in all of sports history, there's a, been a lot of good comebacks. And this one was good, but uh, you, you, know, you mentioned the Cavaliers, and is there's a lot more that are better than this one. And, and I think the comeback itself is up there with the best, but you have to look at the 28-3 in the Super Bowl from the Patriots, and then when the Bills came back in the playoffs in 93 from down 35-3 to against the Oilers. Um, but I think what made the Kansas City comeback so special was that it was done, and the comeback was done in just 10 minutes in the second quarter, and, and then which, like we said earlier, showed you how quick they can strike. Um, and then also that they were down by 24 and then won by 20. Like you said, Sam, that that's what makes it special. But the comeback itself, I think, is up there, but not quite up there with the Super Bowl and then the Bills. I think another one for me that that comes to mind when they think of comebacks is I'm trying to look at the date. Hold on, I'm trying to find the right date for it because I can just say it and it would make sense. Um, back in that doesn't even say the date. Indiana Pacers were down eight points. Reggie Miller happened. Scored oh, yeah. eight points in eleven seconds yeah. in the nineties. You mentioned the ten minutes. There's ten seconds yeah. almost worthy of, of that type of thing. But and also, you know, one basketball. I think it was like Tracy McGrady scoring like 
10 points, 13, 13 points in like 16 seconds or something, like something like that, something crazy. Uh, it's, and Cam come back. It was just in a regular season game, too. It wasn't even playoffs or anything. So it's just a regular season game. And so there's a lot of good comebacks. But what the Chiefs did was unreal. And, and that's why I poised it or I posed it in the question that I did is because obviously if you look at the best comebacks of all time, Warriors blowing their 3-1 lead to the Cavs, you look at the um, the Boston Red Sox coming back and winning their series in seven, there's a lot of good series where it's teams that have came back from basically they're not a chance at all. Chiefs kind of in that same boat in the game, but yeah, I like the Royals ones as well, and that's why I put it in there because I personally would rank the Royals uh, comebacks ahead of the the Chiefs just because the Royals were not supposed to win. No, 